Oh, yeah, I got a couple things real quick. I don't want to announce. I have a few books up here. I wrote a few books. I'm very blessed. Uh, Redeeming Your Past and Finding Your Promised Land. They kind of wiped this out over there at the ARAB campus, amen. But you ever, <laughs> this book is about how to get over your stuff and get into what God's called you to do. And you, we all have stuff. We have issues. We have schemes against our life. And I want to tell you something. You will never, ever, ever be happy until you are doing, in the place God called you to be, doing what God created you to do. That's where your success is and where your happiness is. But there are forces that are trying to stop you your entire life, that are trying to stop you from getting there. And this is how to get there and also what to do when you get there. And redeeming your past, finding your promised land. I've got about four of these copies left. And I have one copy left, thanks to your buddies over at ARAB, is I have one copy left of Hear His Voice, Be His Voice which is how to recognize the voice of God and how to respond to the voice of God. It's also, if you want to flow in the prophetic, this will also help you to flow in the prophetic uh, gifting. They're, also, they're on Amazon.com. Amen? So uh, check it out, Amazon.com. And uh, if you need information on the school, like uh, the website address, the web address, because everything, most everything we do is online. We do have some live, camp, live classes at uh, ARAB, but I have the website and all the address, all the information for the school up here. That's all the business for the day. But as I always say, if you order in the next 10 minutes, <laughs> not only will you get one for $10, but you will get two for 25 <laughs> And what's really, baby, can you take some of these from me? Thank you. What's really cool is some people paid that price at, at ARAM. You know, you've heard about some of these folks, haven't you? I went two for 25, and they went, oh, really? I said, yeah, really. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about your job and God's job, okay? Let me tell you something. God's got a part to play, and his, part, his job is much bigger than ours, but we do have a job to do, amen? God's job is much, 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 much bigger than your job, but God has given you some things to do that he's not going to do for you. And that's what I want to talk about. There are some things that God has asked you to do that he's given you authority to do that he has delegated to you. And just like when you tell your kids to do a job, you're not going to do it for them, are you not? If I tell my son to take out the trash, there's no way I'm going to take it out because I have given him the authority. I, I said, son, I've given you the authority to take out the trash. He goes, really, Dad? Thank you. <laughs> How do you think that worked? Amen? It worked, it worked out so well for me. But when once authority has been delegated by God, God waits on you. And sometimes we're asking God to do things that God's already told us to do. And that's where comes things aren't happening in our life. But the first thing you need to understand is in order to be a Christian, in order to do anything, you have to have power. You cannot walk the Christian walk, live the Christian life, do what God's called you to do with that power. Because you need power because we're in a battle for our lives. We're in a battle. You're in a fight. We're in a spiritual battle. There is a demonic attack upon you, upon your children, upon your wife, upon your parents, upon our nation, upon our media, upon our government. We're in a huge battle. We battle not against flesh and blood, as Paul said in Ephesians, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. And you cannot overcome evil with natural effort. You do not overcome evil naturally. And you may not say, well, I don't want to be in a battle. I, I, I don't either, but we're in it. We're in it. Satan has taken over the media. He's taken over much of our government. He's, he's deceived 
Now, the biggest thing to me is he's deceived so many people. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers. And so what you see in our nation, and it's bad people, they're just deceived and blind. Because how, how could you ever, how could any human being ever, any decent, any, any human being support the killing of a baby in the womb? That's incredible. That's impossible to do that. But yet there are Christians who support, well, it's a choice. I'm going, so murder is a choice? I mean, I'm not getting an abortion issue, but to me, there has to be a deception there. And I'm no condemnation. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. But when your eyes are open, you see, and there's so many things. But the spirit of the Antichrist is, has risen. The spirit of the, anti the Antichrist is an evangelist. He's evangelizing his message through the media, through movies, through, through advertisements, through books, any way he possibly can, through, through, some through our schools. He is evangelizing his message. But we have the Lord Jesus Christ, the name above all names. We've been given authority over this guy. We have authority over the Antichrist. We have authority over his schemes. We have authority over that, and we have to exercise it. And sometimes I think the reason we're getting kicked around is we are not taking our authority. Amen? We're not taking it. Preach it, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> Jennifer, you just need to perk up a little bit. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm worried about you. You just look a little, a little down today. Could, could you just cheer up a little bit? Just cheer up. Okay, just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little more energy. Okay, thank you. Now, the first thing you need is the Holy Spirit. You have to have power. So I want to talk about our part and God's part. But before we do our part, you have to have the Holy Spirit. Now, do you not know that in 1 Corinthians six nineteen? do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, that you're not your own? So you're where is the Holy Spirit? If you're filled with the Spirit, if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. Now, sometimes people get confused about this. Now, let me explain something to you, what I really believe the Bible supports. Now, I was raised in a church that says the moment you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit and all you're going to get. Well, I want to tell you something. That's not how it worked with me. I believe, and I think the Bible supports this, that the Holy Spirit works in salvation. When you are saved, you're born again, Right? You become a new creation. When you are saved, you're redeemed. You are justified. Amen. You, you're saved. You get eternal life. You become a daughter or a son of God. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that, to redeem you, to justify you, to save you. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But there's another work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's God. He does a lot of things. And one thing he wants to do, a major thing he wants to do, is he wants to give you power once you're saved. So you need power once you're saved. Salvation is a work of the Holy Spirit, but there's more work the Holy Spirit wants to do. And you have to have that. Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, And behold, I am sending forth the promise, the Holy Spirit's a promise, of my Father upon you. You'd stay in the city till you're clothed with power from on high. Jesus wanted his disciples to be clothed with power from on high. So some people say, well, he's talking about Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes. Well, I want to tell you something. Yeah, he came at Pentecost, and they got clothed with power, but he kept coming and coming and coming, and he's still coming, and he's coming, and he's coming, and he's coming. This coming of the Holy Spirit, it's not a, you don't inherit it. You have to be filled with it. And the Bible says you should be continually filled. And after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, you see example after example after example of the Holy Spirit continuing to pour out. Now listen, I, I'm, I'm, say, I'm passionate about the Holy Spirit. Now I was saved 
1961, that's true, I was 10 years old. That makes me 46, 47, 47. my math has never been, been, been that good, amen? I'm 70 years young, all right. I was saved in 1961. I was baptized with the Holy Spirit in 1986. When I got saved in 1961, my life changed. I came out of that water. I was a different person. I was saved in Memphis, Tennessee, at First Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. I was, and I was dunked, man. I was dunked, and they had dunked me several times, amen, just to, just to make sure. When I came out of that water, I was a different person. I remember my life did change. The world changed. I remember it changed so much that I remember, literally, I came home from church, and I was looking, and, wow, everything just looks brighter and, and this, look, the grass looked greener the sky looked bluer birds were chirping <laughs> but no I really felt different I was different but something happened in 1986 I was 25 years later and I got baptized with the Holy Spirit oh man 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 and I, I, I told the story in the second service but I'll just say this about 1986 my life was in shambles and I mean terrible Terrible, terrible shambles. Awful. Uh, just horrible stuff. I was a businessman. I, was, I, I, I thought I was a successful businessman, but uh, a series of horrible events hit me. Terrible stuff. I owned a business in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Uh, it was a, called National Appliance Factory Outlet. Actually, a very successful factory outlet for major brands like we had Frigidaire and Whirlpool and Maytag. We had uh, all kinds of TV brands, uh, Gen Air and KitchenAid and all kinds of stuff, and we were a really successful factory outlet, and um, things just began to crash and burn. I found out um, that my secretary had not paid payroll taxes in 18 months. You can you get that, Stephen? 18 months, no 941 had been filed in 18 months. Amen. And um, we had probably about that time done. Million eight hundred thousand dollars. Okay, no nine forty one. Guess what the IRS does to people who do not pay their payroll taxes? They literally came after me, and they. I said, "Well, I'm a corporation." They said, "No, we don't care. We go after the officers in the corporation." I said, "Wait a minute, you can't get me. We're incorporated." He said, "No, we're going after you." They called me to their office, and they told me, and this is in September, about nineteen eighty six. They told me if I didn't pay all these payroll taxes. By December 10th, they would bring a truck, literally said, we're going to bring a truck to your house, we're going to back up to your house and take everything you own. The IRS guy did. So me, just being such a nice guy, I looked at that guy and I said, how can you do this? Where's your conscience? Where's your morality? He said, sir, there's nothing personal, it's just my job. So me, just being a really nice Christian guy, it was like 4.30 in the afternoon, I waited in the parking lot for him decided that I was going to take it out. I said I was going to see what, how, what kind of a man he was. I waited for that IRS agent to come out of his office. I decided that I was going to knock him out. I was literally <laughs> going to see how tough he was when he got behind that desk. I had this picture. He's going to walk out of there. I'm going to walk up. Let me see how tough you are now, Mr. IRS agent. Boom. Fortunately, I literally heard a voice from God say, Ray, are you getting ready to hit a federal agent? <laughs> I said, yeah, Lord, I am. He says, no, Ray. <laughs> and I got this picture of jail, stuff like that, so I didn't hit him. But a lot of things were going bad. And then, so I get this going on. Then <laughs> I sold my business about that time. The IRS knew me. And when I sold my business, the guy who bought it knew nothing about the appliance business at all. And uh, he went out of business in about 90 days. 
So he filed a federal, he filed a suit against me, accused me of racketeering. I filed a suit in federal court in Oxford, Mississippi, hotty toddy, go Ole Miss, Oxford, Mississippi, million dollar suit against me, and I had to defend a racketeering charge. So, I'm, so I've got this payroll tax thing going on. I've been accused of racketeering, and I found out some things about my wife, which this is not, not Christy, that was, I only want to tell you, but it was really bad. Then I found some things about my son that was really bad. I was in shambles. I was absolutely a wreck. I mean, there's just, there's just no way. So one day my mother comes to me, and she says, Ray. Yeah, Mom, what? Oh, my God. Mama, help me, Mama. You know, my Mama, you got to talk to your Mama sometimes, amen? Oh, Mama. Oh, oh, jeez. Oh, God. Oh. And she said, Ray, I got a friend of mine who prays for people at his house, and I saw somebody get healed. I saw a lady. He prayed for a friend of mine. They said she would never have a baby. Now she's pregnant. He said, I saw him pray for another person who had one leg shorter than the other, and one of the legs grew out. And I, something said, Ray, go see John. Boat, his name is John Boatwright. So my mama took me over to his house. I walk into his house. I got three foot in the door, and he says, hey, Ray, I'm John. Have you heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, like a good old Baptist boy, I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> well, let me show you in the Bible what it says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, you will be clothed with power from on high. And then he said, Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest parts of the earth. I said, wow, that's cool. That's really cool. And he said, now listen, I kind of knew the Bible, but I sort of skipped over this part. And he said, well, let me show you Acts chapter 8. I said, okay, what about Acts chapter 8? And he said, well, it says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. But they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I went, well, I'm baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want the Holy Spirit to follow me. <laughs> he, says, he said, well, I'm, I'm, we're going to do that. I said, wow, I never saw that. These people were saved under Philip. They were baptized. But then the apostles had to go to Jerusalem and lay hands on them that they might receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Apparently, it was very important. It was very important. <sighs> then there's Acts 19. Skip down to that one a little bit. If you're trying to follow me on my, my scripture list, I may be jumping around a little bit. In Acts 19, verse 2, Paul said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. And he showed me that scripture, and I went, Wow, that's just like me. I didn't, I didn't know about this Holy Spirit thing when I believed. Now, I was saved. I really was a saved Christian, but I didn't have the power. I didn't understand the demonic attack against my life. I didn't understand all this stuff happening to me was a gigantic scheme of the enemy. And the enemy was trying to take me out in every possible way he could. He was trying to destroy me. And the reason he was trying to destroy me is I believe I had a call of God on my life. And I wasn't ever called to be a businessman. I was called to be a teacher and a prophet of God and a pastor. That's what I was called to do. But the enemy was going to make sure I never got there. So he set me down in a chair. John set me down in a chair. And this was kind of funny. This, to me, this was kind of funny part. He set me in a chair, put his hand on me. Oh, first I had to repent. I forgot to say that in the last sermon. He made me repent of all kinds of stuff. 
He said, have you ever done this? Yeah. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Have you ever done this? Yeah. Have you ever done, you know, all the, you know, you've seen those lists of stuff, you repent encounters. They said, have you ever done tarot cards? Oh, yeah. Have you ever done a Ouija board? Yeah. Have you ever done a Ouija board? Have you ever done psychics? Yeah. Have you ever done astrology? Yeah. Have you ever, <laughs> it was like, oh, my gosh, you know. And so I repented of all, all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And um, he prayed for me. And remember, I'm, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm absolutely, I, I am, I mean, I'm frazzled. I'm, I'm just, I have, I, I'm, I'm just awful shape. I'm sitting in his chair, and I, the first thing I remember is, who the heck is pouring oil on top of my head? Because I felt like warm oil flowing all over my body, like it was flowing from the top of my head, over my face, down my shoulders, down my chest, down my legs. It was just like, wow, it's like warm oil's coming on me. And uh, it's like, wow, this is different. And then I thought, ooh, this kind of feels good. And then all of a sudden, I felt perfect peace. Now listen, I'm a wreck. I'm a total nervous wreck. And I felt perfect peace. And then I felt this love come upon me, like I was being loved, like I've never been loved before like I've never been loved before. And the last thing I felt was it just felt powerful, like something powerful was happening. And I could not move out of that chair. It was either an hour, maybe two hours. All I know is after some period of time, my mother, I hear the voice of my mom. She's sitting in the room across the room. She's going, Ray, Ray, are you okay? Are you okay, son? All I'm thinking is, shh, be quiet. I don't know what's going on, but I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. I'm not sure, but it feels good. And I want to tell you something. My life changed. And John looked at me and he said, hey, Ray, now let me tell you some things. He said, you'll look in the Bible now and you'll see things you've never seen before. I said, really? He said, yeah, like scriptures will make sense to you that never made sense to you. You'll see verses that you didn't even know were in the Bible. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you will. I said, well, okay, that's cool, I guess. He said, you'll lay hands on people that are sick and you'll watch them get healed right in front of your eyes. I said, oh, cool, okay, all right. He said, you also will probably cast out demons. I said, I'll do what? <laughs> You're going to cast out demons. I said, really? Okie dokie. And he said, and, and spiritual gifts. And then he said, these things are going to start happening. He said, now, do you have any, like, funny words in your mouth right now? I said, no, John, no funny words in my mouth. He says, well, if you get what feels like funny words, like gibberish, don't let the devil tell you that's gibberish, Okay. It's, it's called tongues. I said, tongues? Sure, John, whatever you say. Okay, dude, whatever you say. And so I didn't speak in tongues or any of that sort of stuff. And I'm driving home. I leave. I'm really mystified by all the stuff. I'm driving home. On the way home, I start speaking in tongues in the car. I have no idea where it came from. Okay? Now, I'm just telling you what happened to me. I'm not arguing if you believe in tongues, you don't believe in tongues. I'm just telling you what happened to me. And I will tell you this, my life changed radically, changed radically. I started getting a hunger for God, a desire for God that I never had. He sent me, now listen, I'm a Baptist guy. He said, look, I, I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to recommend another church for you. It's called a vineyard church. Anybody remember the vineyard churches? They're one of the early charismatic churches, right? So here I go from the Southern Baptist Church to this vineyard church. And so I go into the church and uh, people are wearing blue jeans in church. <laughs> are you kidding me? The pastor had on a Hawaiian shirt and cut off blue jean shorts and tennis shoes on stage. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. And I walked in there in my suit and tie like a good old Baptist boy, you know, and I sat down, and they're singing, and they are singing. 
and they're playing guitar. Looks like a bunch of old hippies playing guitar, but they had long hair, you know. I think there were a bunch of old hippies who got saved, amen, filled with the Spirit. And then I'm looking, I said, well, where the heck are the hymnals? There's none, no hymnals on the back of the seat, none at all. I could not find a hymnal, but they had the words up on the screen. I never heard these songs before. All I knew was, just as I am, you know, on the old rugged cross. But they're, they're good songs. I didn't know any of these songs, but they're singing these songs. And I said, man, well, I, hey, that's kind of good. I kind of like it. I kind of like it, you know. Then they sang a song. Then they sang another song. Then they sang another song. I said, man, they sure sing a lot. <laughs> like, I mean, we're, you're supposed to hey, I started to stop the service. Hey, you're supposed to do first, third, and fourth verse. We never sang the second verse. It's always first. Remember first, third, and fourth verse, which was weird. Why we did that? And all I know is I didn't know what was going on, but I was in the right place at the right time, and they started teaching me and equipping me and getting me trained. Next thing you know, I'm prophesying. I'm casting out demons. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm laying hands on the sick. I, I was in the church about a week, and a friend of mine named Bill, he was up front. He was suffering terrible diabetes, terrible diabetes. And I heard the God say, go pray, put your hand on Bill. I'm going to heal him of diabetes. And I said, okay. I wasn't sure about that. So I walked up to Bill. I said, hey, Bill, I'm not sure about I think I hear God say I'm supposed to pray for you about diabetes. He goes, okay, I'm diabetic. I said, okay. Well, I'll pray for you. I didn't know what I was doing. So I put my hand on him, and I prayed and said, diabetes go or something like that. And he said, thank you, Ray. I said, well, thank you, Bill. <laughs> So, Bill, I see him a few days later. He said, Ray, after you prayed for me, I went home and I ate a big old piece of chocolate cake. He said it was like a quarter of the cake. Big old piece of chocolate cake. And then I tested my blood sugar, and it did not rise. And he said, I'm healed of diabetes. I was going, and stuff like that started happening, amen. It's just, it's just too cool. It is just too cool. And I was saying this in the last service, which is really funny. God speaks to me kind of simple-like, you know, simple. He said, uh, he said, Ray, let me tell you what just happened to you. I said, okay, God, what happened to me? He said, said you've been eating chocolate cake. I said, okay, without the icing. He said, now you got the icing. And I understood exactly what he meant because chocolate cake is pretty good, but when you put the icing on it, it's great. <laughs> Amen? Especially that really thick uh, What's that cake you like? What's it called? Ganache, chocolate. You ever seen? It's a fancy cake. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's, it's nice. My, the, reason, the reason I'm saying this is, my, I ended up in ministry. I ended up prophesying. I ended up traveling. I ended up pastoring. I ended up writing books. I ended up planting schools all over the place. Stuff you can't imagine. Let me tell you something. You can tell when it's God because it's always bigger and better than you could ever think of. Because God gets the glory. Here I am, this little redneck businessman from Memphis, Tennessee, and God all of a sudden makes me into a prophet. I mean, who would ever figure? I mean, who? I mean, it's just strange stuff. And then, I mean, you just can't, you can't picture this. I mean, he sent me to the Philippines, in the jungle of the Philippines, out to these remote villages. And I did a pastor's conference in a village in the Philippines with 3,000 pastors prophesied to them, and they all start worshiping God and, and praising and ministered to, to Muslims in Sumatra, which is a pretty spooky place, by the way. Don't you go to Sumatra, be careful. And, uh, Muslim, and the Hindus in Bali and uh, Mayan Indians up in the mountains of Guatemala, just stuff that you cannot, you cannot make up. I mean, you can't, even, you can't even imagine. And then all of a sudden, I meet this, I'm up in Pittsburgh at a men's conference, 
and uh, I'm, I'm walking down the hall of this church up in Pittsburgh. There's about 300 men there, and there's this big old guy leaning up against the wall, and I, and I hear this voice going, love you, sir. <laughs> love you, sir. I'm thinking, that guy's not from Pittsburgh. Love you, sir. I got up a little closer. He had this big old A on his hat, you know, a little curvy thing. I said, well, I walked up and went, roll tide. And he goes, roll tide. Love you, sir. Keith Hodges. Pastor Keith Hodges, amen, in Pittsburgh. That's how it all started, amen. Pastor Keith Hodges in a hallway of some church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Who would figure? He said, where are you from? Arab, Alabama. What the heck is Arab, Alabama? <laughs> and we connected. I've been coming up here ever since. God, just, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. It's just more, it's, it's more than you could ever imagine. But what I'm trying to tell you folks is we need the Holy Spirit. Now, I just gave you a little testimony because we need the Holy Spirit. We're in a battle. We're in a terrible war. We're in a war. You're in a war for your marriage. You're in a war for your children. You're in a war for your church. You're in a war for your community. You're in a war for your job. You're in a war over your body and your health. We're in a spiritual battle and we have to have power we have to have power we need to take authority god has given us authority over the enemy and we have to exercise it now remember i said the sermon's our part god's part if god's given us authority to do something i'm telling you he's not going to do it so what we're doing is we petition oh god oh god please help oh god please help and god is going i told you to do it i gave you the authority over it I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, he gave you the ability to receive the Holy Spirit. I've given you the power. I've given you authority. Now what I want you to do is submit to me and resist the devil and watch him flee from you. So our job is to submit to God. That's our part. Resist the devil. That's our part. And the devil's part is to run. <laughs> run, devil, run. Like Forrest. Run, Forrest, run. <laughs> It's not a box. Life's not like a box of chocolates for us. But see, we tell the devil, run, devil, run. <laughs> and he will run. Forrest is fun. Y'all know Forrest very well. He's fun. You, you love Forrest? We pray. We pray. I love Forrest, too. How long have I got? What time is two thirty? What time is church? Okay. No, I'm not going to go. I, don't, I really don't go long. I really don't go long. But I have, I have told this in the second service because it's one of the highlights of my life. Because y'all know Pastor Keith, right? You know Pastor Keith, and you, you met him once, twice. You probably know him pretty well. Um, <laughs> you, look, you look a little like him. It's amazing. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm discerning. I'm really, <laughs> I mean, it just, it, I'm sharp. I'm really discerning, okay? Now, you don't look like Pastor Keith at all, but you do for some reason. <laughs> and, and like Pastor Kelly, you look like Kelly too a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Amazing. Okay. So, Pastor Keith takes me to church one day. I first met him. I come down. I come down my first trip down to Arab, Alabama. He takes me to the old church building in downtown Arab, you know, and, I, and he takes me into the foyer of the church, and there's Forrest Van Zant. Amen. Ronnie Van Zant's cousin, you know, Leonard Skinner. You know, he's related to Leonard Skinner, you know what I'm saying? Freebird, all that kind of stuff. Okay, all right. He, he's related to, to that. Can you play Freebird? You can't play Freebird? Okay. All right. And so there's four standing there, just camouflage pants, camouflage shirt, camo hat with a big A on it. And he says, hey, Ray, I want you to meet Forrest. Forrest is my elder, and he's a taxidermist. And I'm looking at him and said, yep, I can see that. He looks like a taxidermist. 
And I think, okay, I, I met a taxidermist from Alabama, no big deal. He said, and Forrest is a rocket scientist. Say <laughs> so, what? I thought he was joking at first. He goes, no, he's actually a rocket scientist. I went, okay, well, I've never met a taxidermist rocket scientist before from Alabama. Only in Alabama can you do these things. <laughs> Only in Alabama. It just don't happen anywhere else in the world. Then there was that time I'm, I'm at Arab Church, and they're making a church announcement. I'll never forget this. I mean, thi this, actually this announcement was actually made in Arab, Alabama, at Liberty Church. I think Pastor Keith made it. He says, now, boys, he says, now, we're having a men's event, and we're going to have a, uh, we're going to have a turkey shoot out back. He said, but don't bring your guns to church. The church will furnish the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Alabama will you hear a church announcement, don't bring your guns to church because the church will furnish the guns. <laughs> I don't know what. Where else in the world you would have ever, and I heard that with, did he just say the church will furnish the guns? <laughs> that was really fun. Amen. All right, I got to get back to the sermon. Thank you, Lord. So, our enemy is not people. Our enemy is the enemy. Our enemy is not people. So, what do we do? I think our job, that God, God expects us to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? That's our part. I believe that we're to receive the Holy Spirit. I believe our part is to submit to God. That's our job, okay? Now listen, what I want you to do is let's, let, let's do our job and let God do his job. Our job is to resist the devil. Amen? That's not God's job. That's your job. Well, he probably does it too, but God don't have to resist him. God just says, stop. <laughs> Amen? Our job is to cast out demons. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. Mark 16, 17. They'll speak with new tongues. That's our job. That's our part. Our part's to be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14. For all being led by the Spirit, these are children of God. These are sons of God. Do you know how I know? Do you know how we're supposed to identify Christians? Christians are identified by the fact that they're led by the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian... You're led by the Holy Spirit, right? What does that mean? That means you follow the leading of the Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit telling you to do? Where's He telling you to go? What's He telling you to say? What's He telling you not to do? The Holy Spirit is your boss. He's leading you. That should be true in every church in America, amen, in our lives, in our marriage. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit will lead you into victory. He'll lead you into success. He'll lead you into prosperity. He will lead you into a healthy marriage, but you have to follow Him. That's our part. That's not God's job. It's not God's job. It's your job. Your job. Your job is to live by faith. Now, I put the wrong scripture reference up there, but Paul said that we should live by faith, not by sight. Live by faith, not by sight. Now, our job is to live by faith. What is this faith? I believe. Do you believe? I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Faith. I believe with all my heart. I believe with all my heart that he died on the cross. I believe when he died on the cross, that death was my death. I believe he was dying for my sins. 
I believe he was dying so that my sins would be forgiven. I believe he was dying that I would be justified, that I'd be redeemed, that I'd be atoned for, that I'd be adopted as a son of God. I believe he died that I'd become a, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I believe he died that I'd be above and not beneath the head and not the tail. I believe he took every curse against me. I believe he died that I may be healed. I believe that he died that I may be accepted. I believe he died that I might have every benefit that God gave me. I believe that. I believe it. That's our job. If you don't believe it, you ain't got it. See, God requires faith. That's our part. We have faith. God gives us every benefit that Jesus won for us at the cross. If you have faith, that's your part. God's job is to give you every benefit that Jesus won at the cross. And when he rose from the dead, so did you. You see, when you cross the line... And you start doing God's part, you burn out. Some of you are burnt out right now. And the reason you're burnt out is you're trying to do God's job. You're worrying. You're stressed. You're freaked out. You don't know what to do. You're trying to figure it out yourself. You're trying to come up with all your own answers. You're trying to do all your own stuff. You're getting ready to play a good song? Just like a hint. Okay, that's good. Help me out. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can do some soft, like, Christian music, a little... Little free bird, yeah, little free bird. I was thinking, little free bird. Okay, do something soft like you know, like Lionel Richie, you know, Bar- some Barry Manilow, you know, little Celine Dion. No, no, just just do rock and roll. Let's do. There we go. Okay. Listen, folks, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be serious here. There's a great promise from God. There's a promise, and the Lord told me to give you this. Jesus said in Mark, Matthew eleven thirty, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you will do your part and let God do his part, all of a sudden, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. The reason your yoke is not easy and your burden is not light is you're overstepping your responsibility. See, when you're worrying and stressed, oh, here's a big one. You're trying to figure out how to make more money. You're trying to figure out how to be more prosperous. You're trying to figure out how to pay everything. Do you not know that all the gold and silver and all the cattle on a thousand hills, it all belongs to God? So when you start releasing your finances to God and just do the best you can, you watch things will turn around every single time. I've seen this time and time again. You see, your job is to be a good steward. God's job is to provide. Your job is to have faith. God's job is to heal. Amen? Your job is to cast out demons. God's job is to give you the power to make sure they run. So do your part. Let God do his part. But remember this too. If God has told you to do something, he's not going to do it for you. Now listen, we should pray and petition God all the time. Oh God, oh God, oh God. We should always pray and petition God. But as you petition God, get still and listen to his response. See, part of your job is not just asking God, but listening to God. How does he respond to your prayers? Prayer is a conversation. It's a two-way conversation. So we need to pray and ask God and listen to him. Well, let me tell you something. If God has given you authority over the devil, he's not going to kick the devil out for you because he told you to kick the devil out. He told you to heal the sick. He told you to cast out demons. He told you in John 14, 12, those that believe in me, Jesus said, will do the same works. As Jesus did, the even greater works. These signs will follow those that believe. Christians should be supernatural. We cannot fight the devil naturally. 
You fight the devil supernaturally. So all my point is today, our job is to be filled with the, is to be saved, filled with the Spirit, and led by the Spirit, and take authority over the enemy. That's our job. And let God do the rest. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Let God do the rest. And let me tell you something. When God knows you have let go, when God knows you have let go, he moves. I cannot tell you how many times I've given a problem to God. I was sweating it. I was worried about it. I, you know, here's what I used to do with my problem. Here, God, take it, take it, take it. No, no, take it, God, take it. Take it. I give it, I take it back. I give it. You, you've done that. We give him the problem. We take it back. But let me tell you something. Another part of your job is give it to him and let it go. Let it go. And I've seen time and time again, God restore a marriage, restore a family, restore finances. I remember there were so many times with ICM, I couldn't pay my salary. I'd pay our people, but couldn't pay my salary. I started letting go. I said, God, it's your ministry. It's not up to me, it's up to you. I'm going to work hard, but it's up to you. And immediately things turned around every single time. So what I want to do today is I just want to pray if it's okay with you, Pastor Ian, Pastor, it's for the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. Because the main thing we need is the Holy Spirit. Because once you get filled with the Spirit, everything I'm telling you is going to make sense. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit right now. And so I want to pray for just a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and baptize you. Just, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have a right to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, you so say, I've never heard of that. Well, it's, it's all throughout Scripture. It's all throughout Acts. Read Acts 1. Read Acts 8. Read Acts 10. Read Acts 19. It's all in there. It's all in there. It's not Ray Self's teaching. It's, it's the Apostle Paul's teaching. Amen. So I thank you for today. Let, let's stand. Let's pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit right now. I invite, we invite, you said, Father, that we shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon us, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you to send the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask you to fall on this church. I ask you to fall on this church. Begin to touch every person in this room. There are some here that need to be refilled. I thank you, Father, for a fresh filling, fresh oil, fresh fire. Some here need to be baptized for the first time, totally immersed in the Holy Spirit, totally covered in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fall. Baptize us. Immerse us. Fill us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. All you have to do is receive, folks. If you know Jesus, it's all for you. If you don't know Jesus, please come see us and let us pray for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive your power. And, Father, we repent for trying to do your job. We know your burden is easy, your yoke is light. So, Lord, if there's any confusion, show us our part, and we give you your part. Father, we will resist the devil after submitting to you. We'll be led by the Spirit. We'll live by faith. That's our part. We choose to do that now. And we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, touch your people. Touch your people. Thank you, Jesus. I saw a vision of this church. And I saw what looked like to be a, a very large flame, Pastor Ian. And then I saw the flame begin to die. 
and it was like the, the flame was, was burning. It started off small, and I believe that represents the beginning of this church. And then I saw the flame really start to grow. It looked like it was going to become a bonfire. And then the flame, it just, something happened, and it was just kind of burning out. It was like it was burning out. But now I, I see a, 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 a new flame. It's a, a new fire that's here. And, and it's not a really large fire, but the Lord said, feed the flame. I heard it like three times. Feed the flame. Feed the flame. And just like you have a fire and you start adding fuel to it and the fire gets bigger, if you'll just feed the flame, this church is going to explode. Feed the flame. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. I thank you, Pastor Ian. Thank you, everybody. Uh, if you need prayer or whatever you would like us to do, we're here to serve you. My wife's here. Whatever we can do, it's all yours, Pastor Ian. Thank you. Amen. Everybody give Pastor Dr. Ray a big hand. Thank you so much, sir. I love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Miss Christie, for coming as well. As we were praying, I just remembered the scripture. You know, when Jesus healed the blind man, then the Pharisees and Sadducees, they brought him in and tried to interrogate him. They're trying to talk him out of his miracle, right? And what did he say? He said, I don't know what y'all are saying. All I know is I was blind. Somebody say blind. And now I see. Now I see. And the most beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit, what Dr. Ray did such an amazing job preaching and teaching about today, is when the Holy Spirit comes alive inside of you, the things you were blind to no longer deceive you. And you now have the vision of God. And that's why it's so vital that you cultivate a daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. Where's God the Father? In heaven. Where's Jesus Christ? In heaven, seated at the right hand of God. Where's the Holy Spirit? In the world, the most important part of the Trinity of God is available to us each and every day. We still pray to God, okay? We still pray and ask things in Jesus' name, and you can still talk to Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is that key for your breakthrough. Amen? Amen. And so thank you all so much. I want to do something. If you receive something from Dr. Ray, can Miss Christine and Dr. Ray come up here? If you receive something from him, I want to ask you to come up here uh, and lay hands on as we send them off. And y'all are going back to Florida, correct? Tomorrow? And, and just lay hands on them and just thank God for what he's done today. And then we'll be dismissed. Amen. I just want to pray over him and, and honor him and who he is and uh, the ministry that he has and over his college and over his gifting and over Miss Christie. And so let's just, just pray. If you all want to extend your hands, you feel free to do that from the pews. And so, Father God, I just thank you for this mighty man of God, just a giant, God. Lord, a general in the faith, Father God, who's, who's seen and, and saw. Lord, and we thank you that he's shared, God, the, the, the gospel. He's shared what you've done. It's not what Dr. Ray's done. It's what you've done through him, God. Lord, and you are no respecter of persons, God. You can do it for each and every one of us to do it through us. Lord, and as, as he's come and poured himself out, God, I pray that he would be refilled, God. Lord, that a fire would continue to burn inside of him and then through this marriage, through Miss Christie. God, and that everything that they would do, what they would do in your name. God, everything that they would do would be done in your honor, God. Lord, and so I just pray that they know how thankful we are for them and what they've done and what they continue to do. Lord, you continue to give them fresh revelation, God. He's been serving you for a long time, God, and you want to continue to give them more. I just declare that word more over them right now, Father. God, more. 
God, and, and extend and, and enhance the territory of, of Dr. Ray's teaching and preaching and of ICM, God, just more territory, more souls. God, all you see and care about are souls of men and women, Father God. So, so use them, God, to harvest souls in Jesus' name. And he said the laborers are, are few, but the work is, is much, God. So I thank you for these, these two right here, laboring, hands to the plow, not looking back, but looking forward to what you want to do in and through them, God. So we love you and we thank you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 So awesome. Well, thank y'all so much for coming. Y'all coming. Uh, if it was your first time, this is not a normal church service. Amen. So, but we'd love to see you again next week. Come back. See us. Uh, y'all are dismissed. Have